We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, from Blue Wire Studios, as always. <laughs> so, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> so, we we are starting this show. And if you guys don't know, it's all about boxing today. So much happening in boxing. Where are we at? Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, all that. But... Right now, we're chilling right before the, the show intro starts, and we're in the reverse Rat Pack group chat. Everybody's chilling. Me and Dre have, like, two minutes before the intro rolls, right? So we're just like, hey, this is what we're doing. We both drop different <laughs> messages into the group chat. It could not be any different <laughs> ends of the spectrum for what we were talking about. I was like, yo... This is the perfect way to, one, start the show. Because we want to start the show talking about something that has nothing to do with boxing. We'll get to Dre's trip and all that stuff. Dre, one of the funniest convos we've had in a group chat in a second, um, and we'll stick to the, the funny part of it, was dating apps. Dre? Yeah, foreign concept to me. Yes. Yay or nay? was our convo in the group chat yesterday. So I'm thinking along the same lines right now. I'm driving in content. You drop a picture of your daughter yeah. going to second grade, which congrats. I can't believe she's already a second grader. She is in second grade. Like, this, she wasn't born when this podcast started. She was not. Now she's in second grade. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were dying. Yeah, no, Because right? you're at the doctor all the time. So I was like, nope. man, I'm glad. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad, glad you're in, like, full health. Yes, she was not born when this pod started. And I, listen, my daughter started college this week. So the oldest, I mean, she was eight when we started this pod, nine. So it, it's, it's wild. Time flies. It does. Yes, the other end of the spectrum with group chat. We'll stay in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Fight Club. <laughs> this is the, fir- the first, first rule of Fight oh Club. Oh, my God. Um, no, it's it's hilarious, but yeah, our convo was about dating apps. You're like, yo, I've never had to do that. Never had to do it. And to be honest, I only had to do it for like a year and a half. Yeah. And this goes, because it's a boxing episode, and it's perfect for this boxing episode, because this is a week in boxing, 
where we came off of the traditional, undisputed, huge fight, two of the best in the world, drawing major attention to another big fight week. And it's a former MMA, not even champion. No. Former MMA beloved journeyman. Yep. Making his boxing debut on pay-per-view versus a former YouTuber Disney kid. Yes. And garnering as much attention. And the old curmudgeons are like, this isn't boxing. Get off my lawn. Mm -hmm. And it ties in perfectly to the people who are like, I hate dating apps. Yep. I want to go to the pub and meet somebody. Yeah, meet somebody in the church. Look, if you if you don't, the game evolves. Either you adapt or die. That's that's my theory behind everything. It's like dating apps. Like I get why. Like again, I've been married. I've had no reason to jump in a dating app. If I did, my wife would kill me, and this podcast would be over. Hands right? down. Like if I was on Hinge and Bumble, y'all be like, "Hey, y'all have to stop me real quick." Yeah, but. It's the only way to operate nowadays. Like, social media is how we live. Like, people, I want to meet somebody in person. No, you don't. Because they don't want to meet you. It just don't happen. This shit ain't real anymore. Like, no, you want by people every day. Not one is just like, hey, you want to go out? Well, the strange thing is, like, people say social media is not real. And to an extent, it's not. But when you meet people, they aren't putting their best foot forward either. Or their worst foot. They're not real. Everybody's fronting everywhere, Right. They're lying to you about what they do for a living. They're lying to you about the money they have. They're lying to you about how many uh, partners they had. Everything's a lie. It's the same thing on social media. So when people say, I, you know, I don't want to do dating apps, it's the same thing. It's kind of cutting through the noise uh, on a dating app. At least you can use a filter. Like when I go on Nike and I'm shopping for sh- shoes, I don't want <laughs> size 10s. Cut that shit out. Uh, I don't want to wear low-top Jordans. Cut that shit out. That's what a dating app is. Pretty much. Whereas in person... When you meet people in person, you don't know what they are. Nah, that shit's like the sneaker app when you're in person. Yeah. You're, you're just hitting a raffle and hoping to God. Just, I mean, Eddie Murphy said on Eddie Murphy Raw, he's you know, uh, playing craps with my balls and my dick. And like, <laughs> you know, just rolling, rolling the dice and hoping to get the right one. And, you know, no, I, skinny cock guy. Yeah. Like, he did, didn't get the right one. But that's everything changes and evolves. Just like boxing is changing and evolving. And they're all mad, but just get left behind. Because guess what? This is the future of the sport. Right. Like it's not like the, the foundation of boxing is never going to change. The foundation of dating is never going to change. But the means of how you meet people, that is going to change. hundred percent. And it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I met my wife on Facebook. So it was just like, and, and you made a great point. Like social media is just like giant fucking dating. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very, the line between the two are very thin. Very you can choose to treat social media like a dating app if you're single. And then if you're not single, it's not that. But you very small difference between the two. Dude, slide in my DMs. That's how I got my wife. Started on Twitter, which yep. is now called X. But fuck X. It's Twitter. <laughs> that sliding in my DMs was the ultimate dating proposition before there was dating apps. Like you hear on every reality show, he, he slid in my DMs. He slid in my DMs. It's a dating app. It just disguises itself as something else. It's like going to the bar. I went to the bar to get a drink. I went to the bar to get some bitches. You got to pick what you're doing at the bar. That's what social media is. Many different ways to go to the bar. Right? There's many. I can go to get shit face. I can go to have a, a, some wings. I can go to have a beer. Or I can go get some booty. You just pick which one you want. Yep. And in the group chat, we are trying, trying to entice someone to uh, you know join the dating apps just because it was like, yo, to get out there today, it's almost mandatory. It is mandatory. Like, 
again, I met my wife on Facebook, but at the time when I was single prior to her, I was on the dating apps. It took me like a year to hate them, like to genuinely hate them. One, it takes a lot of money if you let it. Yeah. Um, I, I was very broke at the time. And I found out how to date on dating apps without having money. It was fairly simple. It takes $15. You go, you tell the person, yo, we can meet up. First time, Starbucks date. Easy. I don't even drink coffee. Go to Starbucks, water's free. They can order whatever they want. Yo, let me get a venti water, ice water. What do you want? 10 bucks. Sit down, three-hour date. They're smitten with you after three hours. Now, after that, they know you're not a weirdo that's going to skin them. If they see you again on a second date, you're like, yo, come to the crib. I'll cook for you. I'm really busy. You don't got to tell them that you're broke. Yo, I'm really busy. And my, my go-to is I'm writing this article, and I can't be far away <clears> from my laptop. But I have an hour, hour and a half. You come over, I'll cook for you. We can chill, watch a movie. Then I got to get back to work. One, because it gives them a time window. Get the hell out of my house. So it's great. Eight o'clock, 8.30, late dinner. You go. Pasta, super easy. Super cheap. Costs like eight bucks. Yep. You want pasta. I'm Puerto Rican. Cook Puerto Rican food. Rice and beans, five bucks. Little <laughs> thing of chicken, you're at 10. Now, maybe it's a $20 date. The last 10 bucks is always the same for me back then. You're going to hate this. That's box wine. No, it's not box wine. What is it? It is a bottle of Stella Rosa wine. Yes. <laughs> Whatever fruity Moscato flavor there was, there's peach, pear, watermelon. I don't know. These are dark days. Keep one of those bottles in the fridge so you know the wine is shit. It got to be chilled. Come over. Now's the date. Bingo, bango. You spent $30 in two dates. You figure it out after that. After that, then she find out you're broke. She can make life decisions. If not, great to know you. You're right back on that. Yep. Takes $30 every time. You're vetting people. Fairly easy. Simple enough. Yeah. If you couldn't cook, now they got air fryers. You got an air fryer. You can make everything in an air fryer. Easy meal. Easy meal. Easy company. Throw in a movie. Borrow somebody's Netflix. If you want to Netflix and chill, you don't even got to have your own subscription. Borrow someone's Netflix. Like, yo, I know there's only two accounts now. Stay off of it for this time. Do me a solid. <laughs> We're good. Throw on the Netflix. You're golden. Now, I got bored. It should happens repetitively. Everyone annoyed. I was like, ah, oh. I was just annoyed with, with women. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm done. And then I remember my wife came over to my crib. And I was going to cook for her. And then she was like, nah, don't worry. She brought me Chipotle. Cool. It was like our second day. She brought me Chipotle. Like, all right, what's up? We're chilling. We're watching NXT. I didn't even have to change it. It was when NXT was like a win. She came over, didn't care about wrestling, watched all NXT with me. And then I was like, yo, um, do you want something to drink? Like, I have a couple drinks, and do you want, like, some of this Stella Rosa? Oh, I don't drink that shit. I was like, and then she was like, oh, let me get that IPA. PAs? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, what a sophisticated lady. You don't drink shit wine? And then, uh, yeah, the rest was history after that. So it, it helps you weed out people. Yeah. Because small choices like that, stupid-ass choices. Like, yo, if you take this Stella Rosa wine, you're not for me, bro. Like, this, we have a shelf life. One longer than the wine. 
Yeah. That's 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 the judging. If you're like, nah, that shit wine, I ain't doing that. What? You got something in you, girl. And that's that's how you end up getting married. See, the so game has changed. You never never know. Dating apps does want a lot of the weeding down for you. And if you talk to someone, you know they're interested already. Like, bro, you swiped on me. Like, there's there's no, like after that, we know why we're here. Yeah, that, like, I don't got to impress you anymore. Yeah, that the old school part of like walking up and getting ask, the number. Yeah, like hey, can I get you? And getting fake numbers and all that nonsense, dude. Yeah, this is y'all world. What was the worst walk up? try to get a number experience you had. Oh man. The worst one, dude, the worst one was from high school. Kids don't uh, know this pain. So <laughs> me and my boy met and the shit eventually worked, but it shouldn't have worked. So we're in the mall. Like this this is me and my younger days. And uh saw these girls, went to a different school, pulled, my boy pulled up on them and he said <laughs> The worst pickup line I've ever heard in my life. And it was so bad that this shit worked. You guys got boyfriends? No. What a coincidence. Because we don't have girlfriends. Let me get your number. And, I, and he just stood there and held his hand out. That's not even clever. No. <laughs> like, I thought you were going the opposite direction. Like, you guys have boyfriends? No. No. Neither do we. So no, it's just what a coincidence. We don't have girlfriends. Let me yeah, get no. your number. And I just stood there and I was like, oh. And they just looked at us and they laughed. And they left. Oh, that's it? That was it. No number? No. Did he hand him a pen? No. That's he, he, had, he held his hand out. No, that's where he fucked up. You, now you're anticipating so then, they have a pen. Then I eventually, I went to Champs because I was broke. And she, she was like, your friend's really stupid, but here's my number. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. So it, it worked out. But yeah. I've gotten, that's horrible. Back in the day, I got, let's see. I didn't really... So you're dating in the different I'm, ages? I'm a, I was, yeah. Crazy. I was a shy guy. So it was always like through somebody, right? I always had a wingman. Oh, always. you were that guy? Yo, yeah. my friend over there, you real light skin with curls. Like, now I see it. Like, you were the, like, <laughs> that's, that's some real shit. Like, you could only be light skin with curls and pull that move. Yeah, it should Because when someone just points across, yo, my man's over there, said you cute, and they look over and they'd be like, oh, light skin with curls. Okay, give him my or yeah, tell him I'll be right. Bring him over. Yeah, it was it was a lot of that. Yeah, you can't just be like a normal ass dude. <laughs> like nah. Just you'd be like, okay. Yeah, so, this, shit, this shit used to work, but I didn't get too many like fake numbers. Privilege. Yeah, yeah. I had light skin privilege. Yeah, just curl like the curly light, hair. Like it was in the army group. Yeah, you had curl privilege. Shit worked. The shit worked, but it was always <laughs> like that. It was always a hustle because you didn't know if they were crazy. Like you didn't know nothing. You didn't. You just it was a dice roll, and then. Like I said, I told the story in the podcast. I, had a, I met a girl and we dated and she gave me her gold chain and then she got mad and tried to take it back. And I, I was stupid. I was like, I ain't giving you this gold chain. It's trying to embarrass me at the club. And then, you know, she uh, flapped my tires and I was like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> like, she's crazy. Like, I didn't know she was crazy. She was nuts. Like, there, you don't know. Like, dating apps, at least you can keep your distance for a little while. Yeah. I mean, people you still find out. Gonna, yeah, yeah. People still crazy. You know? But you remind me of something. You just give away so much game. Good. I don't need it no more. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it anymore. <laughs> no, like y'all can have it. So it reminds me, your boy did this early on, but he fucked up. So when he put his hand out and he just looks at him, he didn't have the pen. Yeah, and I feel like this primitive. But I did this all the time with my cell phone when I was single. And it works. It works in business. I still use it in business all the time. So if you guys want to steal it, that's cool. Just don't snake me in some business shit with. But 
whenever you meet someone, people, and it's just inherent, cannot turn down when you give them your phone and tell them to put their number in. So when you're dating, we just go up to girls at a bar and be like, hey, you know what? We're actually about to run, but I was looking at you like, you're really cute. I want to get to know you. I think you would be interesting. I think we'd vibe. Do you mind putting your number in my contacts? And you hit them with the open contacts. So you set it up, you go in, you go into your contacts, you put new contact and you just open it where it's like name, first name, last name, phone number. And you're like, do you mind putting your number in my phone? Like we can text later. And they're just like, they're just so taken aback and it's open that off a reflex, they're just like, yeah. And they put in their number and everything. Be like, all right, cool. I'll shoot you a text right now. Then you just walk away. And it works every time. I've been in business meetings with God knows who. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, actually you have to run to like this fighter meeting. But you know what? We can continue talking about this. Here, put, just throw your number in my phone. And they're just like, I got to connect at the palms that way. I got it. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh no, I'm just here with Andreas. Like he's just talking you know, to his boy, all this stuff. Yeah, Rick Ross is coming through. Like, nah, you know what? Nah, that's really dope. I like what you're doing here. Here, throw your number in my phone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just put the number. All right, my man, like I'll hit you up. So now you got like a connect forever. It works for everything. But if you guys are too shy to talk to a girl or if a girl's out of your league, doesn't matter. Just go up, hit her with the open contacts. You'll get the number and text from there on. You'll be smitten with your personality. There you go. Easy. No Perfect. one says no to that. So a little... Little jewel, jewel a game on you. Dansby jewels. Yes. Listen, again, I don't need it, man. What, what? I got to gotta bless the audience. Make sure you guys can be as happy as we are. You might mess around and meet your wife that way. If you do, let me know. I'll take credit and a drink. This man is rolling today. <laughs> take credit and a drink for that one. Uh, let's talk about your experience going to Dallas, though, because mm. there's a lot of boxing news, and I figure we should get into boxing, figuring this is a boxing podcast. But starting with the fight itself, you went to Dallas mm-hmm. last Thursday, chilling out there, chilling with Nate. How was, I hate, I am not a fan of Dallas as a city. I always found it boring. But you seem to have a great time. You were just strolling the city, taking pictures with you? Nah, I didn't have a great time. I spent most time in my room. I watched like Transformers, Rise of the Beast. I played video games. How was it? Transformers, Rise of the Beast was good. Oh, I feel like that's up. Yeah, it was good. It was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I didn't leave my room very much. I did spend some time with Nate Diaz. I did, like, do all the fight week stuff. Drastically different fight week than Spence Crawford. Okay, there's no urban loitering in Dallas? No, not at all. Not not at all. There were not a lot of black people. Oh, it did. These fights. No, strangely, my hotel was by American Airlines Arena. And if you turn right, it's very black. If you turn left, like, I went to the barbershop. Black barbershop. 90 degrees, it was called. Pulled up. Number black people in like Crocs and shit got, got hooked up. You turn left, number white people. It's very, very strange. But you know, you get a good cut when the barber got Crocs on now. Yeah. My, the barber was like, What's up, dog? And I was like, What's up, man? And he's like, You need to get your beard done? Yeah. He's like, How you like it? I told him. He's like, oh, You should have told me. My barber actually moved to Dallas. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I was just outside. I was just I need. There was also a spot I didn't get to go there because I ran out of time. I was trying to get to uh, the press conference. There's a spot called Scissors and Scotch. That was my first stop I was going to go to, but I didn't end up making it there. So they trim your beard and give you... Yes, and they give you a craft cocktail. So it can be Scotch on the Rocks. It'll be old-fashioned. They have, like, a whole menu. I had a reservation there, but I had to go to the damn press conference, so I didn't make it. So I ended up at the black spot. Anyway, fun part was I turned right, and I was like, wow, this is very, very black. I was like, this is extraordinarily black, 
right? And on the left side, it was not. I went to the chicken spot. I was like, ah, oh, I need to eat something. I hadn't ate all day. Went to the, it was called Louisiana Fried Chicken. Very basic. Walked in, nothing but Asians. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, that chicken's about to slap. That chicken was banging. <laughs> yeah, that Yo. chicken's about to slap. Everybody, everybody who knows. Right. So I walk in and it, you know, and you know, it's, it's all Asians. And I was like, all right. And I'm th- in my head, I'm like, are y'all all from Louisiana? Or y'all just picked a name out of a hat and decided to make some chicken. Either way, all the black people, black lady comes in. She's like, she got a walker. She's old. She's like in her 60s. She was like, oh, I need a cup of ice. I'll never forget this because it bugged me out. She's like, I need a cup of ice. And the lady's like, $1. And I thought she was going to freak out for a cup of ice for a dollar and a style from a cup. I thought she was going to go nuts. She was like, cool. And, she, and, the, and the lady was like, she starts to go to the register. And the lady says, no, just give it here. And she just puts it in her pocket and gives her a cup of ice. And the, this older drunk dude comes in. He's like, ah, you got a cup of ice. They charge you a dollar. She's like, fuck that. And she pulled out like a fifth and like just was pouring it in the cup. She's like, I, it's worth it. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm the wrong side of town, but on the right side of town. This yeah. is incredible. It's great. That was that side of town. The other side of town was like, oh, uh, like all the Jake Paul kids. Like it was weird. Fancy barbecue place. Like yeah. not real barbecue, like fancy. Barbecue. I ate a lot of Mexican food. Really? Like text. Yeah. I had an empanada spot. Like, Food was wasn't wasn't bad. I had a place called Savage Burrito, which was pretty goddamn good. Well, that sounds delicious. It's called Savage Burrito, so I had to eat. Can't be bad. Nah, it was pretty good. But Dallas overall was it's fine. I've been to Dallas a few times, covered a few fights there, been to American Airlines Arena a few times. It was a interesting choice for the fight. Yeah. I still say that. So I'll say this. When I got there, I wasn't sure what to expect. So as soon as I got there, we had the uh the open workouts. And the open workouts is a place called The Factory. And they had like screens and music and a DJ. It looked amazing. And I was like, this looks incredible. And, you know, like Jake and Nate and Amanda and Heather, they all worked out with DJ spinning. They had like rap. And it was just crawling with people. Tons of people at this thing. Everything, it felt important. Like I, I wasn't sure what to expect. But even then, I wasn't sure what to expect on fight night. They sold that bitch out. There was, like... Nate brought half a stock, them, Dude. Yeah. Oh, so... <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. So, at the fight, I, like, people saw, like, Francis Ngannou was there. Like, Anthony Pettis was there. It was a lot of, like, fighters. And it wasn't like Spence Crawford, which was, like, full of celebrities. This was a little bit different. But it was full. And everybody came. And, yes, Stockton was all up and through that bitch. Um, so, I'll talk about Nate Diaz. So, the day the brawl happens on stage, yes, where the bodyguard goes after Nate Diaz for making fun of him. Uh, so, Nate didn't want, really want to do interviews, right? So, he comes out, and I'll just say, he runs into the schmo, and they're like, we're supposed to do a scrum. He takes one look at the schmo, and he's like, I'm out. <laughs> he just dipped. <laughs> and me, like Mark Ramondi, Mike Bone, Oscar from the Mac Life, we're all like, God damn. And we're making fun of the schmo. We're like, yo, you, you blew it, right? I didn't know if that was the real deal or not, but apparently it was <laughs> like Nate didn't want to do it with him. Uh, so his manager, Rich comes up to me and Mark as everything's going on. Like it's about to be a brawl. Like Jake's people are getting ready to fight. Nate's people are super deep. Nate's Nate Diaz's crew had a tour bus, six SUVs. They rented an Airbnb. They had a, the, the hotel. They had most of the hotel and they had another hotel. They brought the entire city of Stockton. 
They all talk the same, walk the same, and act the same. All of them. How do we get anywhere? It's like the slowest walk. Yo, and everything was slow. <laughs> so it's like, so Rich comes up to me. Well, he comes up to Mark first. Because, you know, everybody knows Mark Romandi. Yeah. And Mark is the one person who's had a chance to really sit down with Nate Diaz. And Nate gives him his time. Nate follows me on Twitter. I don't know why. Right? And he's DM me, like, random things at random times. And I'm like, what? Why is he following me? So Rich is like, come to the hotel. Right? I just come. I can't guarantee you anything's happening because, like, if Nate don't feel like talking, Nate don't feel like talking. A brawl almost happened on stage. Like, maybe he doesn't feel like it. So we get there. We're sitting in the lobby. Chris Avia walks up. So we talk to Chris about what happened. Now, Chris explains, like, either you're really going to fight or you're not going to really fight. And Jake Paul talks like he's really going to fight, but we know it's to promote a fight, right? So we don't buy into that shit. Basically is what he says. So Nate eventually comes and we're sitting here and none of us turn on our cameras. Like none of us. We just, Nate sits down, he slaps me on the leg. What's up, dog? And then he starts talking and everybody, like we're all looking at each other because I'm one, because I'm not about to pull out my camera. This is the most comfortable I've ever seen Nate Diaz in my life. And there's only like four of us sitting in the hotel lobby and he's explaining why he's like, why he walked out on the face off. Why he hasn't been trying to sell this fight. And what I realized about Nate is what made people love Nate is the only thing Nate knows how to do is fight. And anything that doesn't feel authentic about fighting, he wants nothing to do with it. So when this fight was made, he was like, I want to, you know, I'm going to box him. Like he, he, one of the things he was like, because it was like, oh, you like to fight. And he was like, nah, he's like, I still get nervous about fighting. Right. He was like, but I know how to do it. And I know if you're talking shit, I'm going to have to smack you in the face. Like, this is how Nate functions. <laughs> so I asked him about the, the, the brawl on stage. He was like, yeah, I was making fun of the bodyguard because he kept talking shit. And we had, I, bet, I guess they verbally abused him at the Anderson Silva fight. And he showed up. He's like, this is the second time he's done this. He tried to run up on this. And he might get stomped out. And he, the same thing, uh, Derek from Better. Yeah, that kid had no clothes about So he was, like, he was like, he doesn't know. He was like, it ain't me. It's my boys. Like, I know I'm not going to fuck up the money by getting into a fight. They don't care. They don't have a fight. They're going to kill him. Yeah. Right? So we had, we spent, dude, it ended up being like a 30-minute conversation with Nate Diaz. It was the first time I sat with Nate and I realized, like, he's not an idiot. He's not, all this stuff that Jake has said about him being, like, slow and all this stuff, Nate knows exactly what he's doing. He just is not interested in selling a fight because he's like, the fight should sell itself. If you want to fight me and I want to fight you, because he was like, after the security guard thing, he's like, I, I forgot who asked him. Might have been Mark. He was like, well, the only thing I regret is like, I want to fight now. After that, he was like, I want to punch him in the face. He was like, that Derek dude, he deserves to get punched in the face. But, <laughs> so if we can fight now, let's fight now. Otherwise, stop talking to me. And I was like, I just got a whole new appreciation <laughs> for Nate Diaz. I was like, wow, the guy just likes to fight. Like, he was like boxing. He's like, yeah, I want to try this. He's like, it's not about the money. I got money. I don't spend a lot of money. I live in fucking Stockton. Chilling. He's like, I'm good. He's like, I wanted to try this. That's it. That's like, that's the only thing. He's like, all that yip yap. He was like, I think Jake can fight. No, he said, I think Jake can box. That, that was the key thing. He said, we're in a boxing competition. We're not in a fight. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, well, there's rules, right? I was like, yeah. Also, Jake slings around like <laughs> derogatory terms at a fucking high rate. Like he says 
every F word. Every, like, you just, there's the other reason. We was like, we, nobody can air this if we put on the camera. But he's like, there are rules to boxing. That's not a fight. He's like, that's a competition. He's like, in MMA, he's like, it's closer to a fight, but still a competition. He was like, if you want to fight me, there are no rules. And there's no time limits. I feel like he welcomes that. <laughs> he does. Like, when we talked about, like, the 10 rounds, he was like, he was like, honestly, I only want to fight to be three rounds. But if you're going to make it longer, I'm going to fight you longer. Because that's what, just what I know how to I don't get tired of fighting. This is what I do. A man in a kumite. Yeah. He was like, but when you give me rules, he's like, I don't like rules. Because I asked, I was like, why do you play around with, like, Leon Edwards? He was like, because it's a fight. There shouldn't be no time limit for me whooping your ass. I said, I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, if all his fights went to the death, he'd probably win. That's his thing. He was like, I, he was like, do I get tired when I'm fighting? Yeah, but I'm not tired of fighting, right? He's like, I don't like to lose, so I'm going to keep fighting. He's like, I don't like when the time is up. He's like, well, I'm just getting going. It's such a weird way that he thought, and I was like, ah, this dude's just different. Box, like, Jake is a boxer. He was like, Jake doesn't know how to fight. He's like, I put him in a rear naked choke, he's going to die. He tried. Put him in a <laughs> And he fessed up to it immediately. He was like, I had to win somehow. And I was like, this dude is nuts. He's nuts, but he's not nuts. But Dallas was, it was interesting, man. Um, I was ready to come home, though. It was like 112 degrees out. It was hotter there than it was in Vegas. With humidity? Yeah, it was miserable. Nah, that's, it was miserable. that's horrible. Ain't shit good about Texas. Like, their weather sucks because they get every type of weather. You get snow, like blizzards, floods. You get... Hurricanes, if you live by the Gulf. Big trash. Yeah. There's tornadoes. If you live up north, you get a blistering heat. It's the worst of the worst. Can't, can't do Texas. I'm sorry, Texas people. I love y'all. Everybody from Texas nice as hell. Get out. Also, get out. to me, in my opinion, Houston's infinitely better than Dallas. Yeah. I, I love Houston. Uh, Austin was great. Austin's only great when there's something happening. Sure, but the food was the exponentially food is, better. The food is really good. Uh, just even, like, the vibes, like, I, I, like college vibe it out like and just go and chill and listen to like indie music like if i have to and like drink and the drink prices aren't ridiculous like they're in dallas like you you just vibe out in austin without shit going on and and chill very true yeah just i've never been to san antonio you just tell me riverwalk but i I don't know what that yeah i haven't been to san it can't be as bad as told me that i can't remember somebody fighter somebody was like yo san antonio is popping out there and i was like I just, it's not on my radar. It's not on my things to do list. No, not at all. Not San Antonio. Uh, the Spurs play there. Nah. The, the, the women's basketball team moved from San Antonio to Vegas. Yeah. Been known by success since. Yeah. I take that as a sign. Next, we have, let's just talk actually about fight week or the fight night itself, yeah. should I say. So Jake shows up in a tank. Jake shows up in a tank. Real now, tank. To be clear, I don't know exactly. Because we had the weigh-ins earlier. The W is literally across the street from American Airlines. And I know Jake wasn't staying there. I know he had, like, a house. But if he had to pick up his crew and there was a tank, did they drive this tank on the freeway or did they just drive it across the street? Surface street. It's literally, like, it is across the street. Like, like 20 steps to American Airlines. You got to get the tank from somewhere to there. But he had a tank. I was was like, that's an interesting choice. Rolling in on the tank. I was like, oh, okay. Same time which we'll talk about this on a pro wrestling episode. Logan Paul's flying from Detroit to Dallas. Boy, the, t- the clock was on for that, man. He made it with some good time, too. He was chilling in the locker room. Dude, they dragged the hell out of this DAZN car. <laughs> like, 
So I had tweeted it because I'm watching SummerSlam and Logan wins, and I believe it was like 8.26 p.m. Central Time, something like that. And I was like, he has three hours to get here. And boy, every card took forever. Like I would leave, I'd come back. I see people I didn't necessarily want to see in the media, some weird people there. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, and then to take the forever for the next fight to start. And I was like, are they really just waiting for Logan Paul? That's what it felt like after a while. Like they're just waiting for him. But he showed up, yeah, with time to spare. And, you know, Nate pulls up in his real fight ink hoodie and no tank, no frills, just him and his crew. And they had like a whole section. And I was like, if something bad happens, oh, everybody's going to die. Just that one section is about to just raise hell. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But on the undercard, Ashton Silv, 19 years old. Kill it. I mean, look pretty damn good. He's a lightweight. A lot of people kept asking questions. Do you want to fight Devin Ham? Like, fuck, he just got here. Like, relax. Why 19. do y'all do this? Like, but he looked good. He fought like a veteran, killed him with a couple of body shots. Yep. Hands are fast. We'll have to see what happens when he gets punched in the mouth. That's always the case, but that could be four years out. Yeah, but Ashton Silv, he's, he's good. He's one to watch for sure. Yeah, and at 19, he kind of let everyone else clear out. You got time. Yeah. None of those people that were, the people were asking, Devin Haney and T. They won't like, be they, here. They are not, first of all, they're not there now. What yeah. are we talking about? They're not going to be there later. I was like, you novices, stop talking Shakur about this. might not be there. Like, it, it no, could they'll be, all, they'll all be his for the taking. Yep. So that's, he's showing the skills and he has the team around him where you put him on this type of card and he shows out like that. People are like, who is that guy? Oh, Eric, dude, that's the other thing. Look, say what you want about Jake Paul cars. I've I've gotten criticism by box people like, why are you covering this? That arena was 75% full when the first fight started. Mm. Like it was full, 75% full. And it, and could have been more because people were like walking around the concourse, but people were there. Spence Crawford, nobody showed up to like right before the main event. Like in yep. the middle of the Eastside Cruise fight is when people showed up. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all don't have to like Jake Paul. You don't have to watch him. That's your prerogative. But there are people that are coming to see an Ashton Silve fight on the undercard. That means something. Yep. It's significant. They don't know any better. No. But that's good. They're, like, they're yo, building those You know what they're doing? They're like, just like I would. I just spent all this money to go to a fight. I'm about to watch these fights. Yep. 
they I'll at least be there. Yeah, I'm going to show up and watch these fights. And, you know, they put together a, a good, not great card. Like the Jeremy Stevens, Chris Avia fight was what it was. It wasn't like a barn burner. But no. people came early to see, like Francis Ngannou was there early. Anthony Pettis was there early. Kevin Holland was there early. There's a lot of MMA people now. I was about to say, in MMA, you're also conditioned and trained to show up early. Right. Exactly. Especially main card. What time main card start? Like <laughs> you're you're there. Yeah, they were there. They, they filled that building up, and I was like, "This is impressive." Because when you see an Ashton Silva, by the time he becomes a contender, if he gets to that point, he's built a fan base. Yep. Off of the back of people that wanted to see Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. That's how you do it. That's how you build people. So, yeah, man, I'm so sick of y'all. Like y'all know who y'all are. Some of y'all listen to this podcast. Old dusty ass boxing writers that be like, "Why do you cover that? It's a joke." I love pro wrestling. The fuck? Yeah, what do you like, think I'm doing? It ain't jokes in my bank account, by the way. They pay not at all. Price. Like this is what I do. <laughs> and we mentioned on MMA show it, that fight was the third biggest traffic, like it did the third biggest numbers for us than any other fight. I'm not saying it's a better fight than Spencer Crawford. I'm just saying there are people who don't watch boxing regularly that are coming to see that fight. So why wouldn't you lean into it? And again, it's not like. Let's not act like Jake Paul's not taking this seriously. I hate when people say that. Oh, he's just in it for. No. You don't get punched in the face. Like, he trains. Physically, the kid looks incredible. He looks amazing. And we'll talk about the fight itself. Like, he's applying different things to his game. Like, he is learning. He's not here to collect a check. Like, y'all keep saying, why don't you go fight a real boxer? Dude, what is this, seventh fight? Yeah. Chill out. Again, I said this before. Julio Cesar Chavez fought cab drivers. Literal cab driver. That guy's a pay-per-view name, so you can't fight like a cab driver. You're not you can't fight the people you're supposed to fight in your seventh fight no. and sell pay-per-view. You gotta find somebody with some kind of name yeah. that you can beat up. So you're you're stuck, kinda. Yeah, but people are so critical. And then, yeah, Jake's nuts. He wants to fight Canelo. Yeah, he's fucking nuts. All right. It's crazy. But you gotta be a little delusional to box to begin with. Is Jake 26? Yes. You can fight at 30. Canelo by the time it's all said and done. Dude, and if Floyd anybody... Mayweather fought Conor McGregor. Exactly. Like, what are we talking about 39-year-old, I'm done with this shit, Canelo. And why not just go, you know what? Let's do it. And, like, Jake is... He got booed throughout the, the, the event. People don't like him. But I watched his Untold on Netflix. And I was like... There was this part, and we talked about it in our little interview briefly, where he talks about him and Logan both talk about their dad in very different lights. Did you watch it? No, not yet. It didn't just come out like like last week, like the week of the fight. Okay. Yeah. Logan talks about they both talk about how hard their dad was on them. Logan talks about it more in a glowing fashion, it's like I want to be here if it wasn't for my dad. Jake talks about it in a traumatic fashion, like he fucked me up, right? Like I could never do what I needed to do. I could never please him. Like, and he turned that traumatic experience like that. Both of them agree. Like that's why they started their, their vine is because they had to have an imagination because they really couldn't do shit else. Like dad was really hard on them. But when you listen to Jake talk and me and him talked about this, everybody deals with trauma different. Like that was his trauma. I'm not saying it's the worst. It's not like he got, I mean, they got hit. They talked about that. Logan won't call it abuse. Jake says my dad fucked me up quite a few times. And he internalized that. And he decided, like, he was going to do something better. And he talks, in the doc, he also talks about he was doing other things, like when the vine, not the money didn't dry up, but he had nothing else to do, so he just do dumb shit. And I know what the dumb shit is, probably drugs, women, and all that stuff. And he was like, I need something to discipline me. And it was boxing. I, you know, now I don't have, I'm not drinking. I'm not. 
So when I listened to that, I was like, well, this, that's kind of commendable. Yeah. Because people say, oh, he started off boxing late. Yo, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua didn't start boxing until their late teens, early 20s. I'm not saying that Jake's going to be that good. What I am saying is y'all got to lay off of him in terms of you don't have to like him, but what he's doing with the sport is more than a lot of people are doing for the sport. Give him credit for that. He's not going to be the, he wants to be a world champion. He's probably not going to be that good. No, but, but you never know. You you don't, you never know. You can what make, is a world champion? Like four well, major tires? Maybe not, but you know, right situation. You never know, but yeah. I, I just, bro, like, I just keep having people like, why do you cover this shit? It's a farce. And I'm like, he's fighting MMA fighters. Okay. FYI, this whole shit is a farce. Like, like all of this is two people punching each other in the face, which really we can do this right outside at the park. Yeah. Everything else around this is a farce. But he, but he trained, like, again, he, the kid trains. Yeah. He took this shit seriously. Like, his body will tell you, like, he trained to box. He has a different body than when he first started boxing. When I, I covered his first fight, we had yep. it on the zone with Anise and Gibb. And I was just like, his body's transformed. He's gotten better. You know, some people say he doesn't, hasn't gotten better. And I'll talk about the fight itself. This fight, what I saw out of him was him applying different things. He used an uppercut. He never had an uppercut. No, especially that close. He had a he short uppercut. Yeah, and he he had a, he started using a long jab to the body. Yeah, those are two new things that I know Shane Mosley and um, Jaleon Love have, have put into his game, and he's using it. And I'm like, y'all still hating on him? Y'all don't you don't have to like him? He fed Nate uppercut. He did all night. He did. It it was a weird fight. Very weird. Fight. <laughs> uh, real quick, Coleman. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the main event, uh, Amanda Serrano, the Hardy. Better than I thought it was gonna Boy, be. Boy, let me tell you about Heather Hardy. Everybody knew that when she took the fight, she didn't deserve this fight. No, she had lost her man in Serrano, and she lost a fight after that. Hadn't fought in like she did MMA three. for a couple. Of years. Yeah, this fight was to get a check. And Amanda Serrano looked at Heather Hardy and was like, "We are two women who were broke when we fought each other the first time. Yep, let me get you a check because I can't fight Katie Taylor, but let me fight somebody I respect." Heather could have rolled over and died in that fight. She could have took the first punch, took a dive, and said, fuck it. That girl fought her ass off. She was completely outclassed. She, she had no business make going the distance in that fight. And Amanda was hitting her with some shots. Yeah. Like, from the opening bell, I think she hit her with her right hand, and Heather blinked. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a short I thought night. it was going to be done in two. And then, no, just tough. Tough as nails. Like, Heather is, I'm glad she got this paycheck. I'm glad that she showed out like this. I don't know what the future holds for her, but I think she's like 41. Like, yeah, like she, she, she finally has a lot got of experience. It. You yeah. can go be a trainer. Like there's, there's a lot in, you know, just that Brooklyn toughness, all that experience being still like one of, and women's boxing is not like that deep, but she could be considered like a pioneer of yeah. like modern women's boxing. It's like one of those things. It was like, you garner that respect. I can definitely see her like being like, you know what? Let me train. And there's so there's a huge wave of young women getting into boxing and earlier and earlier and, and the skills, just like in every sport right now, women we're we're finally seeing like the the Title IX like benefits and these women are so skilled so early that it's just like, yeah, it's it's a sooner or later going to be time one to give them the legit rules of boxing. 
um, same as the men. And then we'll see equally exciting fights like we are now. Yep. Because Serrano Taylor is as good as any men's fight we've seen in Lord knows how long. So it's one of those things where as long as you let them have the spotlight and shine, there's just going to be more and more. So I hope she sticks around and, and shares some of that experience. But yeah, that fight, that was just a dog fight altogether. And then, yeah, Nate versus Jake in ring. I mean, Jake looked good. Nate had spurts mm-hmm. here and there where he would close the distance. But it was really, you're looking at this and you're just like, okay, Jake is figuring out when to take break. Yeah. And Nate tried to capitalize on that. He landed some good punches, but Jake was consistent with it. But then he took like one or two breaks during the fight and let Nate get off. All right, cool. He's not going to hurt me. And then came back and kept winning rounds. So people were like, oh, the scorecards were very wide. I could see him closer if you had him a little closer. But I, I thought they landed pretty much where they were. I thought Nate had moments and a lot of viral moments. Yeah, He shot for a double leg at one point. He had a guillotine at another point. Uh, he walked, turned his back completely to Jake at another point, taunting him. It was funny. It was entertaining. But he wasn't winning with that. And I think the right man won, but I don't think anyone lost. No, nobody lost. I think there's two things. I think it was a tale of two fights. The fight starts, and I was like, oh, it's going to be a short night. Like Jake hits him with the right hand, and I was like, Nate, what the fuck? Like, he's just getting blasted in the first round. He had a better second round. I think he won, like, the second or third round. And then Jake clearly won, like, the next three rounds. Then things got weird. Because those times when Jake would not do anything... Nate was applying all the pressure and coming forward and throwing punches. And some landed clean, some didn't. Jake won that fight. There was two rounds that I gave Nate late that were really close because Jake would land like a big uppercut. Then he wouldn't do anything. And Nate would just smother him and just beat on him. And I was like, ah, I could give that one to Nate. The, but Nate comes out the winner because he remained up. He didn't get stopped. I thought he was going to get stopped. Me too. I thought the ref was going to have to That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what the prediction was. And Jake said that he was, that he, I, when I interviewed him, I was like, if you get anything less than a knockout, you're disappointed. He was like, yeah. He didn't knock him out. He didn't really come close. Even the knockdown, he kind of ca- caught him when he was off balance. Yeah. It, like, it wasn't, he didn't really like hurt him in the fight. Who hurts this? Well, like, that, honestly, who hurts? Like, like, well, therein lies the, the thing, right? Like the issue is, KSI gets on, you know, social media and was like, oh, I'm embarrassed by this performance, blah, blah, blah. I'll do better. Like, good luck with Tommy Fury, first of all. Like, Tommy's a problem for you. Regardless, people now think that Jake has regressed. And I have saw improvement in certain, like, he's, he throws different punches now. He's, it's not everything's behind a jab in the right hand. Like, he's doing more. Was it the most impressive performance? No. But Nate made it difficult for him by crowding him a lot. Yep. And forcing Jake to fight on the inside. That's what Tommy did, and that's why Tommy won. Yeah. Jake it, still can't really figure that out. He had, like, when he doesn't have space, he doesn't know, necessarily know what to do. Like, he, he backpedals to try to create it. But that's why there was rounds that were close I gave to Nate, because I felt like Jake was trying to get space, and he, then he wasn't throwing punches. Meanwhile, Nate was kind of all over him. But I don't think KSI could fight on the inside. I don't think a lot of these guys can find the inside. It's the hardest thing to do in boxing. It's very difficult. Like what we learned a week prior to that is like Terrence Crawford fights amazing on the inside. He finds space when there's no space to throw. He creates it with his punches, like the angles he throws. It's very hard to do. And Jake had a hard time doing that. The right man won. Nate didn't lose anything. 
uh, you know, there's a $10 million offer for an MMA fight. I don't think that Jake should do that. But uh, I mean, 10 mil is 10 mil. I'll go to get choked out for 10 mil. Well, I mean, he's, and off- he's part of the PFL. Well, that's what I'm saying. The PFL. Here's the thing. Nate, he wants a, he kind of wants a boxing game. Here's what's going to happen. In my opinion. If Dana White catches any win that Nate might take $10 million, he's going to offer him double that to fight Conor. Oh, as he should. Because he's still a draw. He's still a draw. And that $10 million sounds good. And like, Nate also said that in the hotel. He's like, $10 million. He's like, I've made that already. Yep. And he's right. He has made it already. So you're offering me $10 million, but I can get that fight in Conor again. And that fight's always there. Yep. We just got to make sure Conor's off the drugs. I mean, Conor wanted it. I don't know if Nate gives a damn. Probably. No, Nate does care. Yeah, like Nate, Nate cares. Like if you're if you're doing it egregiously, Nate cares. But dude, I thought it was a good Nate's night of fights. Th- Nate thinks everyone's on drugs. Yeah, he said it. You're on fucking steroids. You're on fucking, <laughs> fucking steroids. You fuck fuck you. You're on steroids. <laughs> Nate doesn't he, care. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He might not be wrong. But I thought <laughs> he, he might care. not be wrong. He's probably not wrong. I thought the night w- it was a good night of fights. It was great energy in the arena. A completely different energy than Spence Crawford. Spence Crawford to me is the event of the year. Like, it just felt big. Everything about that felt big. Yeah. It felt bigger than Tank Ryan. As much as I thought Tank Ryan was incredible, Spence Crawford with all the celebrities there, like seeing Shannon Sharp and seeing all those people and Damian Lillard and Andre 3000 and Lil Wayne and Eminem. Like, come on, Have man. Have you seen the epilogue? Like, from Showtime? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you got to watch. I'm going to. The, Bud is a different guy. It like, it's just, he's different. And the other thing on the boxer show was Caleb Plant talked about why he smacked Jamal Charlo. And I think I said what happened last yeah. week, but now he's verified it. And it's like, man can't play in your beard. You, get, you leave a man alone. Leave that man gotta, alone. I don't got a long beard. It's creeping up on the on Touching the my face. You just. Yeah, you can't do it. In front of my wife, you deserve a slap. Yeah. Uh, Jamel basically saying, you know, I'm going to shock the world at 68 and then I'm going to fight Terrence. And <laughs> Buzz like, good luck. Yeah. Like, he's like, go. Whatever you do, just fight me. Yep. It's a tough road, my man. Those yeah. are tough back-to-back fights. I'm going to be in this motherfucker looking like Joe Burrow after the LSU championship. <laughs> after those two fights, you're going to catch me with my feet up on the desk, the stogie in the mouth, chilling, just puffing smoke. Hey, like, man. yeah, you guys are talking shit, huh? I'm like, oh, you don't like what I said on Sean's podcast? Okay. Because, I mean, Bud probably had the easiest fight he's had at Welter after I, I talked to and then Charlo, is, granted, these are two really good fighters. I, I think it's going to come to fruition that, you know what? Charlo had a draw with Brian Castaño. Dude, Brian Castaño's not a bad fighter. He's no. not Canelo. No, no, he's, no, not he's not pound not. for pound. But, and he's about to fight arguably two of the top three pound for pound fighters in the world. Definitely two of the top five. I, and shit's about to get real. I genuinely think. And he's think, not a bad fighter. I, he ain't this. I genuinely think. As we get closer, Charlo Canelo is going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate. I don't think so. Dude, you couldn't knock out John Ryder. That is someone equal size of you. You're fighting someone who may be that size, but who's not used I, to getting hit by people. Dude, time. he's just, it's a, I think the Canelo slowdown is a little bit more drastic than any of us are really paying attention to. This is not the same man 
that beat Caleb Plant. It's not the same man who beat Callum Smith. I could be wrong. He could find a second win in his career, but I think they could be right. I, Going up to a higher weight class, I and think coming all, back down. I hurts. think all these things are catching up to Canelo, and that's why Canelo versus Charlo. Like I know Canelo's going to be a big favorite. Please pick Charlo. I'm not going to pick Charlo. To fight week, please. I'm not going to pick Charlo. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it because the weight difference is a little bit too much. If Charlo had been fighting at 60 and went to 68, I consider it. You would have picked Big Charlo to beat Canelo. No, he's too inactive. But the weight disparity should be an issue. Again, my concern with Canelo is he doesn't throw a lot of punches. And my thing with Charlo is he rises to the occasion when he's facing adversity. He knows what he's up against with Canelo. I don't know what Canelo's thinking right now because this is an opponent who you're expected to beat. Yeah. And doesn't really have anything that you want, which is kind of confusing to me because when Canelo fights, he fights people that have something. I guess you could say you beat an undisputed champion, but who cares? He's two weight classes beneath you. No one's going to give you credit. And, and, if all, and if I'm David Benavides, I'm like, Lord Jesus, like... Don't fuck up the bag. Yeah, that's all you're asking for. But one more, Canelo, one more. I promise, I, like, I, I seriously think this fight is going to be a lot closer than people expect. And... Charles is going to come out of this fight better than Canelo will. Even if he loses, this will be a fight that people go, shouldn't have went like this. Oh, I hope so. And then Bud is going to stop him in six. Oh, yes. Bud's going to smoke him. Yeah. So hey, watch the epilogue. There's, they do the close-up of the shit talk. It's been on social. Yeah. And them shit talking back and forth. And Charlo then turning to James Harden, who asks, like, is he in your weight class? And then Charlo goes into this long... I'm at 54. He ain't even at 54. Like, what the fuck he do to deserve this? I've been undisputed already. And he's going, but you look, like, in his eyes and, like, the way he's talking, yo, this man is scared to death. Yeah. Of that. Like, he's not scared of Canelo. Canelo's no. like a dare-to-be-great situation. Yes. Like, yo, I'm proving people It's a no-lose situation against Canelo. You're watching a man beat the shit out of the best person in your gym. Because you say what you want. Oh, yeah. When you, like, ball or, like, you play video games or whatever. Like, it's when I used to play Halo or Call of Duty. You'd be like, yo, this is the best person in our crew. Like, we online game this best person in our crew. If they step out to the map and someone hits them with a no-scope dome, just, wow, right there. You'd be like, yo, did they just fucking snipe the best person on our squad? Oh, we're, we're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked. Like, you just watch the best person in your gym get the brakes beat off of him and the man doing it, shit-talking you at the same time. I'm scared to death. You know, it was, uh, I think it's Eddie Murphy Raw, where he talks about fighting at the disco. <laughs> and he's talking shit to the white dude. And he said, the white dude says, come on, that's how I like it. And he was like, my ego is like, oh, shit, we're fucked. What do we do? <laughs> I think that's what Charlo's in that situation where it's like, you know this man doesn't like you. But does not like Charlo at all. I keep saying this like, y'all, this was a civil build with Errol because Bud respects Errol. It was all competition. He does not like Charlo. That's going to be a different kind of build to that fight. And Bud beat up on somebody he respects <laughs> in that manner. What do you think he's going to do to somebody he doesn't like? He's going to torture him. Embarrass him. Yes. <laughs> like, different. to your point, the fight with Canelo for, for Jamel is like, Oh, I'm daring to be great. I have nothing to lose. Even no. if I lose this stuff, my belt's at 54. 
And no matter what, I look good. I make a lot of money. Yep. As long as I don't get smoked in this fight, as long as I, again, if yeah, don't I don't get a mere con. Yeah. As long yeah. as if you hang in this fight, if you keep it respectable, if you lose a 115, 113 scorecard, you look great. You fight Bud and you, it doesn't matter. That man's going to try to kill you. That's a fight you can get embarrassed and you and like, dude, he's ruining the entire gym. Yep. He's ruining lives. Like Dominic Cruz, team alpha man. Just but running worse, <laughs> like, like Dominic Cruz was beating people by decision. Bud's over here like murdering people. And then he's grabbing his cup and saying, you're next. <laughs> like imagine Michael Myers did that, was like murdering one person and looked at the next person and grabbed his dick and was like, you're next. That's some scary shit. Yeah, Bud is scary. Dude. He's a scary dude. When the, when the switch flips, it's just a different level. Other thing, we'll just talk about some stuff this oh, weekend Jesus, You want to talk about Anthony Joshua? Dillian Joshua. White. Well, there's no Dillian White. No Dillian, Dillian White, White took failed the, drugs. the drug test. God damn. He hey. says it's a mistake again. Of course. Whatever. Listen, man. Ages, this, this is so shitty for his career. Robert Hellenius? You just need... It's only shitty because now people remember what Deontay Wilder did yes. to him. Well, it's a no-win situation. You're not going to knock him out faster than Deontay Wilder. You could. You could. It got to be as brutal. Wilder was moving backwards. Yeah. I mean, the guy with the touch of God. They they picked Hellenius for a reason, right? There is the Wilder connection, and if the Wilder Joshua fight is to happen, it makes sense they have a common opponent. The like, people was like, "Why don't you pick a tough fight?" Because the last time that shit happened, he lost. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, Andrew Ruiz, Andrew Ruiz calling for the fight on Instagram." I'm doing this again. No, like AJ's been training with because other people are like, "Why take a fight at all?" Because he's been training with Derek James. He needs to put these tools to work. He rounds. Yeah. And that's what's ugly because if he wants to go in there and just get some rounds and then get Hellenius out of here, people are like, no, Wilder smoked him. So what are you doing? Yeah. People are going to say all those things, but Joshua's got to stay within himself, get the dub, finish him in the mid to late rounds, work on the things that he's working on. Because if the Wilder fight does happen next, like, who cares? As long as you win, don't fuck up the bag trying to be cute or don't go in there and smoke him in a round and then you didn't get to work on anything and then you fight Wilder and he's just going to try to kill you. That's all Deontay's doing is trying to kill you one punch. But Dillian White, God damn it. Like, what's wrong with you? Nobody wanted this fight in the first place. I will give, I'll say one thing that's good about this. It's not a pay-per-view anymore. Yep. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Thank God. It's free. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, they charge an arm and a leg now. They literally, like, zone is, like, they just, the the Jake Paul was a pay-per-view. Like, what are we doing? We had a pay-per-view the week before, and they were still going to put this on paper? Right. Two pay-per-views. You had the UFC and the Crawford Spence fight. And then you did this, and then you're going to do this one too? Yeah, you, nobody was buying. No, man. They were about to eat shit on this. Yeah, so it's it's just smart. Like, okay, cool. No pay-per-view. Keep it rolling. And then ESPN. We have Navarrete defending his title against Oscar Valdez. It's a, it's a good fight. It's a really good fight. I'm going to be watching that fight probably. Yeah. I mean, I watch Anthony Joshua as Anthony Joshua. Well, but that's during the day. You can spend That's it. also true. That's right. Back but to back. Valdez and Alvarez is going to be, should be a really good fight. They're both pressure fighters. They like to throw punches. They're both busy. Valdez has shown he's vulnerable only against Shakur Stevenson and against that other kid, too, that he went to the decision. Oh, Blue Adam, Yeah. Adam Lopez. Adam Lopez. But other than that, I think I, I'm very curious what Oscar Valdez has left. More importantly, there's a part of me that's watching this fight because it's 130 pounds, and I'm going, hmm. I wonder if in, in a way he can move up to this weight. Could. Um, he fills out different. Yeah. Like, I'm more interested in, could Keyshawn move down? 
Like, is Keyshawn, like, really? Do you yeah. have to wait for Shakur to, like, take over everything and then just give you a belt? Like, let's go down. Just, just grab a couple titles. Real quick. Yeah. because Like, it's five pounds. Five pounds is a lot. It's like, come on, Keyshawn. Let's, let's I'm, I'm curious. I think this will be a really good fight. I also, uh, Floyd Mayweather talking about, in a way, uh, you know, you talk about Stephen Fulton, and then he was like, you know, come to America and get drug tested. I was like, he's taking a lot of stuff from me. I was like, come on, Floyd. Come yeah. On. <laughs> Relax. Give the kids some credit. Anyways, beating people up. Yep. He smokes Stephen Fulton. There's nothing. Come get drug tested. All right, Floyd. I don't, I don't think he fights like him at all. Maybe a little I bit. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. What is he taking from you? Nothing. You know, like the, the power's different. Everything's different. The counterpunching. He's just a different fighter. He never fought in those weight classes. Right. He, like you know, I don't know. You, you joined at one time. Meanwhile, Floyd's like, yeah, and I'm going to fight John. Guy. Oh, fun fact. My wife signed up for Zeus the other day. Yes. Welcome. I'm, I'm texting her as soon Go as the show is done. Because she's she like, I need to talk to Kel because I won't watch it. <laughs> what? Because I, I can't do it. Like, she watched the entire like first two seasons of Jocelyn's Cabaret. Yes. Did she see the takedown? Yeah. Well, first of all, I walked in and there were like titties everywhere. Everywhere. But they're fighting. And I was like, wait, what's going on? My wife is just watching it. She was like, well, it's not as bad as you think. And I'm like, yo, it's fucking horrible. It just made me everywhere, but they're doing like normal shit. It's just like I watched the reunion show and I was like, not a single question was asked and they just fought the entire show. You show a clip, they fight. You show a clip, they fight. That made me think, it triggered that because Floyd's talking about fighting John Gotti the third again. Why would you want to do that after what happened the last time? It was a clear out brawl that went viral. Yeah. Floyd sees money. Well, the, the guy, I mean, you're going to, Floyd needs to go out there and beat the brakes off of that man. Yeah, yeah there's no exhibition. You can't, after the last time and after, you know, they talked about Yaya, your daughter, they talked about all this shit, you got to kill that man. Yeah, bro. It's but for a paycheck. Uh, it's, granted, it's probably going to be on Zeus again. It's fine by me. I got it anyway. Of course. I mean, I, I have it too. So now, my, Yeah, my daughter's uh, binging a bad baddies. Not, not, uh, not baddies. That's the women one. She's doing the men's one. Oh, my God. Uh, with Orlando Brown. Yeah, my wife, is, she's scrolling up. through all this, and I'm like, it's I'm looking fun. at him like, why? what are we watching? Now they got the new baddies coming out. Uh, a friend of mine, Camila Poindexter, she's on there. I, was like, Houston, uh, I don't know what city they're in. I don't care. That's South, just, maybe. I don't know. I was like, we're talking about fighting. I'm like, all these shows, all they do is fight. That's it. Everyone needs to go into the gym. That's my life's like merging. Those reality TV is combat sports. It's all of us. Yeah, Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, they don't, no qualms with it. They they fight on every single show, every single one. Yeah, Nikita Lyons came from Zeus. Oh, my wife was watching the Chance Show. Chance Show, I watched the whole shit. Yeah, Nikita. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> she was man. The I can't. on there too. I can't. Yeah, you gotta. We gotta get you on Zeus. That's a perfect way to end this. But uh, you guys enjoy watching boxing this weekend. We'll enjoy recapping it next week. Next week we have wrestling, boxing, maybe MMA. Oh, we have MMA because there's a pay-per-view. That's so, next week? I think so. The Aljo Alt Mountain yeah. fight? Okay. 19th. I don't remember shit. I don't know. I'm going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here on vacation. Look at this guy. He went from going no days off to all days off. Yeah, me, Elena, and Kelly were out. Like it's, I'm just like, yo, these three fight weeks. So we're, we're going. I'll talk about my vacation probably on Tuesday. Um, and preview that. But yeah, we'll, we'll record. All three shows on Tuesday, maybe one earlier in the week. Maybe we'll just launch them a little earlier in the week as well if something crazy happens this weekend. But, yeah, make sure you guys check out our pro wrestling show. That's still to come this week. Recapping SummerSlam, talking about 
everything else going on in the WWE, how they're hitting the reset button, AEW, as we really start approaching a big time for AEW. WWE's had their time. They had SummerSlam, they had NXT, all this stuff. Now it's time for AEW to ramp up. We'll talk about Rampage, all that good stuff. So, so much still to come. Make sure you guys follow us in the meantime on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, at Corner Podcast on TikTok and YouTube. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort. Myself, Ron Dreis. Hell, we're up. Peace.